ACL, I feel so bad for you. Yeah. It's so bad. You have any knee problems now? No, not really. Well, that's good. I thought I, I thought I tore it again earlier in the year. I was in the shower and I like I was like getting some water off my leg and I shook it. And I thought I tweaked no. it, but I think I just hyperextended a little bit. Okay, that's fine. I did that to my kneecap one time. Like I hyperextended it yeah. at soccer practice. <laughs> oh boy! And like the next day, I couldn't bend it, and I didn't think I was gonna make it to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play. Uh, before football, I played soccer. Yeah. One injury is all it took. I was done with that. <laughs> what position did you play? I don't know. You know, five. <laughs> oh, okay. Everyone runs up the field and kicks the ball at nothing. That was me. Okay. It was practice, and it was like it was a, some dumb drill where you ran like from half court or not even not half court, like probably outside of the goalie box to the goal. And it was like whoever was the first last one gets eliminated. And you keep going on one person's love. Well, they amped it up because they put people along the way that would kick a ball in between. So you'd have to, like, dodge these balls that were, like, coming in. But they were, like, ground balls. They're not hard. So you just have to jump over them. Well, I jumped over one, and my foot landed on the next, and I fell over. But you're five, so you think that's the end of the world. And I was like, I'm never playing soccer again. (laughs) I quit. Oh, my God. That was the end of my soccer career. To freshman year. That was even worse. So tell me about freshman year, then. Freshman year, I said, let's waste a year of my time and play soccer. And I was just trash. Yeah. I had long hair because I didn't know what I was doing. Classic. I'm talking like down to my shoulders. Like it was bad. You had long hair to your I shoulders? I had hair down to my shoulders. My pretty much like fifth grade in the freshman year of high school. Really? It was bad. That's but wild. I played soccer. I was just bad. Like I was on the freshman only team. I sat on the bench a lot. I gotcha. Did you have a position then? I was on the the winger. Oh, you were a winger. I ran up the sides a lot. Gang, gang. like, yeah, you got good cardio. I was like, thanks. It's like, I'm not playing the sport anymore. Fair enough. Like, I'm tired of just sitting here. Makes you feel any better? I had an identical experience with my soccer career. Except I think everyone has. Yeah. Everyone goes to soccer. When you're little, that's like the thing. Mm-hmm. And you get hurt and you quit, like me. That's hey. Now you turn into something better. I don't football, and then you get injured again, even worse, and then you don't do anything for a little bit, and then you find running to your thing. So then you you didn't do any sports over middle school. I didn't do anything my sixth grade year because I was still I think recovering from the ACL because I tore it fifth grade, mm-hmm. and I mean that's you're out for a year. I think especially because like I'm a little kid, so I'm like bottom of priorities to get the surgery. So I waited like a month or two for the surgery, and then uh, surgery I was probably out I think two weeks. I was sitting in bed the whole time, and then, I mean, it's a whole year of physical therapy. I, was, I think it was nine months like I could run, and there was a year and a half of physical therapy or something like that. Okay. Some ridiculous amount of time. Do you think you're going to have any problems in the future because of the surgeries no. and stuff like that? I had the St. Louis Rams, before they left, I had their doctor. He did a pretty good job, I think. Well, that's pretty wild. Yeah. When they left us, I hate the Rams. Do you? Yeah. R.I.P. Rams. Well, there you go. Love the Patriots. Fair enough. So glad they beat him this year. <laughs> like, even fair. if the Patriots weren't in it, I just didn't want the Rams to win. Like Cronky or whoever their owner is is just an asshole. I, I agree. I, I can't believe he left St. Louis, to be honest. It's ridiculous. I think the day – I remember the day or week he left, we had a like a bar in Waterloo, like one of the only ones because we're a city of 10,000 people. It's like, bring your stuff and we'll burn all your Rams stuff and you get like free beer or something like that. Damn. It's my, that was my dad's team. That was my grandpa's team. Yeah. I hate it when stuff like that happens, especially whenever there's tradition around it. My parents would always cheer on the Rams, and I'd always... There was, like, one time where the Rams played the Patriots. I would have loved to go to that game, but it was in England. It's one of their games that they put in England, so I've never been able to see the Patriots play live, and I probably never will, but I still support them. Not a bandwagoner. 
You were the, an OG. I'm an OG. I liked him because first football game I ever watched was the 2007 uh, Super Bowl or 2008. Might have been 2008. But it was the Rams or it was the Patriots versus the Giants. Undefeated Patriots versus the Giants. Had no idea what football was. No idea the rules. No idea what was going on. First team to come out of the tunnel, Patriots. I was like, I like them. Like, I don't know who that is, but I like them. They lost that game. And oh. everyone's still like, oh, you're just a bandwagon. I'm like, first game I ever saw, they lost. And I was seven. I didn't know what was going on. There you go. Thank God I didn't pick the Giants, dude. That'd been awkward. That would have been horrible. Mm-hmm. You look forward to nothing every year? Got Eli Manning as your quarterback. That's a disgrace. How does that mean have a job? I can throw a ball better than him. <laughs> I couldn't see over the line, but I can throw the ball better than him. He's like, whatever, Odell's over there somewhere. Yeah, I remember whenever they first benched him, I think it was either this season or last season for like the first time in a while. Everybody got so pissed off. Why? He's bad. Just because your last name's Manning doesn't mean you need to play. Yeah. Like, I love Tom Brady, but if he starts sucking, put in Hoyer. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Whoever does the best. There's that practical side right there, Adam. I'm That's not what gonna I'm lie. Saying. Just because you're a franchise name doesn't mean you should be playing if you suck. There you go. So I don't understand where like Dan Marino kept playing. I was like, Have you seen his last game? It was so bad. Was it? Oh my god, they benched him. Oh shit. He's throwing interceptions. It was a, like an AFC division or wild card game. He just sucked and they benched him. It was the last game ever. That's disappointing. Whichever time Favre came out of retirement for the eightieth time and played, he like threw an interception to lose the playoff shot. Yikes. His last throw. That was it. There is your legendary says. That's why I think Brady should have retired this year. You think so? I think so. He wants to play till he's 45. He's, what, 40, 41 right now? I'm like, he should have gone out on top. Yeah. What do you think about LeBron James? Gone too long? Yeah. Here's the thing. This is my view on LeBron James, okay? Okay. He so, there's any LeBron James fans, listen, I'm very sorry. LeBron James is an idiot. And here's why. LeBron James, hear me out. Okay. LeBron James is currently the best player playing in the NBA. Yes. He will not win another ring. You don't think so? He will not go out on top unless he grows some... Unless he loses his morale and joins the Golden State Warriors. I don't care what team you go on. The Golden State Warriors are so stacked now, no team is beating them for years. There's no way. They have built that roster so much. The starting lineup is ridiculous. You have... The best five players playing in the NBA besides LeBron, you're not going to lose. Mm-hmm. And just because LeBron's like, oh, I want to be the guy to take him down. I did it once when they like blew their lead. And like, what was it, 2016 he won against Golden State? I think State? so. But it's like, they're just, they've learned so much and they're so good now, there's no chance. So you, you join think... them or you're never going to get a title. Interesting. So even if like AD or Kawhi or somebody came to the Lakers, you don't think it matters? I don't think it matters. I don't think, it, I don't think. You could assemble a team. I don't think you could take the next five best and assemble a team and be as good as the really? Golden State. Even as much as I hate that, I hate basketball. I'm not a big basketball fan. I know the players. I've watched a couple games. I just, you can't beat them. They're so good. Like, what? who's going up against them? Harden and the Rockets? Like, if you don't shoot 90 free throws, you don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, he's got no teammates to help him out. Like, it's the five... Even if I wouldn't say if they're the five best, that might have been an exaggeration, but it's just like the five out of like the top ten or fifteen are all together, and they're then you have place. superstars on other teams. LeBron, who's his teammates? Oh, you're gonna put who is it? One of the Ball brothers out there? Oh my God, Lonzo. Lonzo, yeah. he's not doing anything. Levar <laughs> can come at me, or someone's not doing anything to help that team. And then who else? It doesn't even matter. What the Bucks are doing amazing this year? They just lost like the Magic or something. You think you're gonna beat the Golden State Warriors? There's no chance. Mm-hmm. 
I think LA just lost to the Suns too. Yeah, which is I one mean, of the worst you're trash. LeBron comes out and he's like, "It's playoff time." Then you need the next three games. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Is this playoff time for real?" Yeah, that, that was pretty disappointing actually. But it is what it is, I guess. But uh, R.I.P. LeBron. I don't think they're. Are they gonna make the playoffs? Lakers? Yes. They have a losing season, I think, right now. Yikes! That's disappointing. You look it up. Yeah, I guess. See what the record is. I don't. I think they're like twenty-eight and thirty, maybe something like that. I don't think they're that good. Are I don't follow basketball. I just know they're not winning. Right gonna now. make the playoffs. <laughs> what does it say? Big fat no. Uh, very skeptical. <laughs> very skeptical. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is, I guess. Sports oh, thing. it's important. They're fourth from the bottom in the Western Conference. Yeah, so they're that's not their projection it. right now. Yeah, they're not making it. Yikes! Oh well. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something else I wanted to talk to you about. I think it had something to do with running again. But I, oh, boy. Yeah, I asked you a lot of questions. I love it. Um, what other sports do you watch? Uh, I used to watch golf a lot. Golf? I used to play golf. My guy I, Tiger Woods. Yeah. That, he's actually doing... Ah, I heard he's coming back. He's not doing bad. I heard he's coming back. He's, he's putting on a good show every once in a while. Um, watch hockey or baseball? I used to watch baseball. <coughs> Cardinals fan? Yeah. No kidding. I can't Whoa. Baseball. Okay. Baseball is just like, first of all, baseball is way longer than football. I think it's boring if you ask me. It is because you sit there and you watch a ball fly up and everyone gets excited and then this dude just stands there and just catches it. <laughs> it's like, wow. I'm glad we waited 30 pitches for one dude to hit it straight up in the air and then get, get caught. Yeah, great feats of athleticism over here. That's the thing with like, the thing with football and soccer and basketball, like there's so many points in a game where it can just go insane like uh-huh. you look back super bowl 51 edelman makes the best catch i've ever seen in my life or nick Foles gets a ball thrown super bowl 52 nick Foles catches a ball on a trick play yeah. that the patriots failed at a couple plays before you look at a basketball game where someone gets a fast break goes up dunks the ball and the whole place goes crazy you look at a hockey game where a fight happens that's insane okay but you look at a baseball game and you wait Hundreds of innings for somebody to hit a grand slam. I mean, never happens. How many times? How many times do I have to sit there and wait for a dude to just hit a ball to the ground and somebody to run around a circle before like something intense happens? Yeah. It's like I think I'm in it for like the big plays, and you don't really get that out of baseball, in my opinion. Yeah, there's no real build up or anything. Yeah, and like games are like what three to one? Like that's the big. That's the, oh my god, game of the year, three to one baseball. <laughs> how about like? 63 to nothing in football like that'd be crazy that'd be 7 to 1 in soccer that would be crazy mm-hmm. manslaughter out there um I'm trying to think by the way you're welcome to ask me any questions but any this questions? is more about you I'll try and think about one alright I'll try and get one for you oh boy um guess how far along we are into this thing probably an hour an hour and 11 minutes and 38 I'm, seconds I'm ready to keep going I got you. Longest one we've had yet. That'd be impressive. You'd have to beat two hours. I can easily go two hours. I can tell you got some fire in you. Um, you ready for class tomorrow? Uh, yeah. I think I got homework all together pretty well. Yeah. I said I, I, pl- I say I plan ahead a lot, but I also like to do things the night before. Why is that? I don't know. It's like the night before. Like I won't do my ship's log for sea stories until the night before. Whoever, if you don't know, well, most of you probably won't know. It's like you read, you do the reading for the week, and then you write a ship's log, and you like kind of talk about the reading, and you relate it to past readings that we've done. I don't do that till the night before. I don't do that till eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. 
I that I hate that class whenever it comes to stuff like that. I just did my computer science assignment, which for my computer science class, we got an assignment. We had two weeks to do it. And then the next week, like a week after we turned it in, we got another assignment that built off the last one. And then when that was due like a week later, we got another assignment that builds off the last one. So you continuously build this thing up until you basically built a video game is what we're kind of doing. Like really? we, have a, we have a very crude bare bones inventory system where like you can put stuff in and then you can take stuff out and you can like sort the list and you can look how much is in it stuff like that uh-huh. you can set it to where like if there's too much in it it'll tell you hey you've put way too much stuff in here you can look for like like a google like autocomplete like i have a thing where you put in like if you have something called water in your system and you put in ate it'll spit out here's some things that kind of go with what you were looking for did you mean water because at is in the middle of water so mm-hmm. it would say water stuff like that and it's just i mean that's this week i did the assignment in advance and that's like the first time i've done anything in advance this entire college like career did it feel good not really now you, if i'm uh, being honest i just did it i'm like okay <laughs> i gotta remember to turn this in on the ninth and i'm gonna look it over once or twice more so i mean i'm gonna still work on it yeah that's the thing if you do it in advance I don't know. I feel like you might feel the same way about this. If you do something in advance, like if you do a paper in advance, you're not going to turn in whatever you just did. You're going to look that over more and more times. Because like the first time you're like, oh, I got two weeks. I can take my time. I can write some absolute shit on this paper. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks, we'll revise it. You do that paper that night before, you're like, this thing is doing six hours. I'm going to write as well as I can. Every single paragraph, we're going to stop. We're going to look back over that paragraph, make sure it's as good as it can be. Then we're going to keep going. Yeah. So like even if you do something in advance, I feel like you're gonna look back over it and you're gonna still do like another like two to three hours of work on it. Looking it back over. What I hate about it is whenever you do something something in advance and then you come back to it to a reviser right before it's turned in, it's like, what the hell was I thinking? I know. Have you ever done something in a paper where you wrote something and then you look it back and it's like, what was I on? Like, yes. this doesn't even make this isn't even a sentence. Mm-hmm. That happens. I've a done lot. that a couple of times. I hate when I look over something. Or do you ever do, so I used to do this thing, bad at it. I would put reminders, but I would only use like short sentences that I could think of in the moment. So I knew what it meant in that moment. But then I go to bed and I'd be like, what does this mean? Oh, shit. I'd be like, dog leash park. I was like, what was, what was I thinking? It's like, that makes no sense. I have to slowly piece it back together. I was like, okay, so maybe I'm supposed to buy a leash or take him to the park. I don't know what's going on. Something like that. That's just a crude example. But I feel like I was, uh, if you watched The Office... Yes, I when love. Kevin takes his own language and he like oh. he's like only uses select words. Yeah. That was me, but when, I could never figure out what I was trying to say. When few word do trick. Why say lot word when few word do trick exactly? <laughs> Classic one. Yeah. Then when he cooks his bowl of chili and spills it everywhere. The Office is probably one of the greatest things the that Office ever existed. The Office is one of the best shows ever made ever, and no one can convince me otherwise. I was one of the- it, Here's the no, it died. Like, I'd say. The Office, and I've seen a video that kind of backs us up, but I thought about it before. Can you? What do you think is the moment that The Office ran out of ideas? Um, they ran out of ideas. Yeah. I think a lot of people say it's when Michael left. I think it was whenever the slow, the show started going downhill. I think that's when the show started going downhill. I think they ran out of ideas when Jim and Pam got married. You think so? I think that's where they wanted the show to go, and what that was like five seasons in, and then I guarantee. ABC or NBC or whoever ran that show was like, we need four more seasons. Uh-huh. Like, You're not getting out of this until we get it all. And then they ran out. Michael, 
Er, and uh, Steve Carell got famous, so he drops out to go do movies, which he's done a couple good movies. He's done some bad ones, but uh-huh. that's nowhere here or there. He did, he did, he's had a successful career. And I think when they ran out, they just fell apart because they didn't know who was supposed to be the... Like, every four weeks, they switched to whoever a new was boss. the boss. Like, it was Robert California. I'm going to be honest. I really Robert liked California him. Robert California is great. <laughs> okay. He goes, I'm the Lizard King, and walks out. That is the best thing post-Michael Scott has ever happened in that show. But then, what, they went to the British lady, who's just annoying. I hate I her. I can't stand her. When she fires Andy, mm. and he gets bought, he gets the boss back, and he doesn't immediately fire her just because Aaron likes her, oh my god, are you dumb? She fired you and made your life a living hell while you were there. You should have fired her immediately. It doesn't matter what Aaron thinks. You were the boss now. <laughs> That's the hero there. Uh, the whole saber thing, that was kind of bad. Yeah. I didn't like uh, Gabe. Gabe was like a tall. He was cringy. He was cringy, <laughs> but he was really funny when he like got pissed off at uh, when Andy went in for the interview to become boss, and Gabe asked him like all the really short, dumb questions, and he's like, "What's the problem with rocks? Why don't you like it anymore?" He's just like yelling, like roast about him. That was good. Uh, you know who the best character is though? Underrated. Who? Creed Bratton. You think so? Before they tried to give him screen time. Okay. Pre Creed Bratton screen time, screen time is the funniest person ever put to paper. I'm talking before Michael gets fired, because then when Michael gets fired, they're at the point where they have to start using the background characters mm-hmm. and bring them to the front, and then their newer characters are now the background characters. I would say Gabe gets put in the background character. Yeah. I would say they bring Kelly and Creed to the front and try and make them foreground characters. Because mm-hmm. before, what was it? Kelly was just there to, for Ryan. Yes. And that was their whole thing. But then when Ryan gets fired because he's a fake and a drug addict, then she kind of had to be on her own. I don't think she worked very well then. No. I don't think it went that well. But Creed, when Creed makes <laughs> mung beans on a damp paper towel on his desk drawer, where he's like, Creed's now the office manager because he's the oldest. And he's like, Bo Body. Bo Body. What does that mean? He's like, what are we doing? We're making acronyms. What does the B stand for? And I was like, oh, God. Or when he walks in and he goes, uh, I heard Michael's still there, and he goes, you've just been suspected of a murder. He's like, oh, let me go get my stuff out of my car, and he takes off. That's funny. <laughs> That's good. There's some funny episodes. I strongly agree. I have the box set of The Office. Really? I do. That's very respectable. Um, the whole reason why I started watching The Office was my sister got me into it. Did you just find it on your own, or how did that work? So, uh, my parents will highly debate this, but I know this is fact because I have a good memory and they don't. Uh, my parents used to watch The Office, and I saw like one or two episodes and I really liked it. And then some episode happened where they deemed it was too inappropriate for me. So then they stopped me from watching it. And ever since then, I was just like, oh, I gotta watch The Office. And then I got older and I finally watched the thing all the way through. I was like, that was hilarious. I was like, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I got the box set and I watched it a second. How many times have you seen the full thing? I, uh, to be honest, I don't really know. Maybe twice. I've seen it two or three times. I think. Yeah, I think there are some episodes that are just so much better than the others. Like I'll just throw them in, like mm-hmm. the fire episode. Oh, where Dwight that. lights the office on fire. Yeah, that's a funny episode. <laughs> part one and part two are great episodes because mm-hmm. part one when he lights it on fire is hilarious, and then part two where Stanley gets the heart attack is funny. The yeah. whole. Uh, CPR oh, is funny. It might be the funniest thing that show has to offer. Whenever Dwight has a when thing. Dwight to... turns around and he's like, hello, Clarice. Like, I need to sit down. He's like, Stanley, calm down. <laughs> or no, when she goes, you need to maintain 100 beats per minute. And Michael goes, how many is that in an hour? And then he goes, how is that going to help? And he goes, I'm going to divide and count to it. 
goes, it's similar. Do you know the song Staying Alive by the Bee Gees? And she, he goes, yeah. And he goes, it's similar to that. And he goes, first I was afraid. I was. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And then what is, Andy starts singing. Andy and his, his uh, barbershop quartet or whatever they are. Acapella, Acapella group. That's it. Oh, that was funny. There's some good things about that show. And then they didn't really do anything from there. I'm surprised they haven't brought it back, honestly. With everything that gets, like, brought back now. Like, rebooted and Yeah. All like, what's your favorite reboot that's ever happened? That's a good question. I don't really think I have a favorite reboot. Do you I, have one? I have a favorite reboot movies. But um, I don't know about TV show. My favorite reboot movie is the... I don't even know if you call it a reboot. I would. But it's the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. Because I think where Batman was before that was, like, a joke. Because, like, you have all the Adam West Batman stuff where it was, like, gimmicky, like, slapstick humor. And then Christopher Nolan comes out and makes Batman Begins. And it's, oh, my gosh, that was actually good. Let's make another one. And he makes The Dark Knight Rises or whatever it is. And it's just amazing. Heath Ledger, the best Joker I've ever seen. Yeah. And then Jared Leto ruined it. <laughs> it Suicide like Squad. <laughs> best movie ever. Did you see they're making a new Joker movie? Mm-mm. It's got Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Really? He's weird, so... He's incredibly weird. He was... The only movies I know him from are the M. Night Shyamalan movies, and it is Signs, which is arguably, in my opinion, the last good one, and Village, which is arguably the first bad one. Interesting. M. Night Shyamalan is an interesting man. Have you I, seen his movies? I probably have seen them one or two, but I couldn't Unbreakable. name them. Have you seen Split? I want to. I feel like that might be that's good. His, that's his movie. Is it good? It's good. It's the first good one after a bunch of bad ones. So I gotcha. He wrote it when he was still making good movies. So. Okay. And then he made the sequel, which is Glass. I'm sure you've seen this tr- trailers oh. for those. It's not good. I gotcha. It really puts him back in like, oh, he's not making good movies anymore. Yikes. <laughs> that's that's where that is, I guess. I don't know. Have you seen Bird Box? The new No, I have not. It's not good. <laughs> I uh... Here's the thing, here's okay. I know we turned this into a movie podcast, but... It's okay. Bird Box is the exact same movie as The Happening, but done slightly better, but it still sucks. So The Happening was a movie... Do you know what Bird Box is about, basically? Like, you have to walk around and travel with... Yeah, so basically there's demons, and if you see them, you commit suicide. Yikes. Or you turn into someone that, like, tries to get other people to see them. Like, you're like, oh, it's so beautiful, and then you make them see them, and then they commit suicide. Yikes. The Happening is plants are really upset with us so when you smell them you commit suicide so it's like the wind comes in and you can like see the wind catching up to people and then it hits them and they just stop moving and he's like and then he just throws his head into like a lawnmower and he dies it's the same movie but the happening's way worse because the acting's bad mark Wahlberg's in it and he talks like this the whole movie it's so bad it's hilariously bad guess who directed the happening and I shall yep. Hey. <laughs> Best movie ever. If you watch that movie as a comedy, it's so much better. Because it's really bad. It's like, he walks in on an old, he walks in an old, old lady one time and she's like standing by a plant in her house and she's like thinking about murdering me in my sleep, weren't you? And Mark Wahlberg goes, What? No, we would never. Like, he sounds like he's like a schizophrenic the whole movie. It's so weird. Really? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg seems like an interesting person, too. I think he is, too. He's got. An interesting career. Wasn't he a rapper? Marky he, Mark? Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch oh, is where shit. he started from. <laughs> then he made some, uh, he was a Calvin Klein model, I think, at some point or other. And then I think, I could be wrong, but I think the movie that like brought him back was Pain and Gain by Michael Bay. Hmm. He was with, I think, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That was a good movie. It wasn't okay. bad. But then he went in The Happening. And now he's been in Daddy's Home 1 and 2. 2 is bad. Yeah. Pretty good. 
One's good? Yeah. He was in some... Uh, there was a YouTube video put out by somebody where he, him and Will Ferrell like insulted each other. It was like playground insults where they're like trying to make each other laugh. He looks high the whole time. Really? It's ridiculous. If you ever have a chance to watch this, he's on something. Mm-hmm. He's just like, it's hard to explain, but if you go watch it, just look up playground insults, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. And you'll, you can tell Mark Wahlberg's on something. He's a little intoxicated he on is, something. He, I don't know if it's alcohol or drugs or if he's just really tired, but he is on something. Yikes. Like, the jokes aren't even funny. He's, like, crying from laughter. It's ridiculous. It's good, though. Was Will Ferrell laughing? Will Ferrell laughed at a couple, but at even one point, Will Ferrell's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, not even saying funny stuff, but Mark Wahlberg's, like, crying. I was like, oh, my God, he's on something. You can tell, the, like, halfway through the video, like, okay, he might be on a little something, something. I don't know what Mark Wahlberg's doing right now. Floating around in outer space. Maybe. He could be. I'm not sure. I think celebrities are, what are your take on, like, this whole celebrity scene in Hollywood? I think a lot of people just get caught up in their own buzz. I think a lot of people like lose sight of what's really important to them. And yeah. it's just like a lifestyle where you're revered by everybody else. Yeah. Like you, like who can relate to you? That's true. I think that's a hard thing that most people have to deal with once they become famous. I think that's why a lot of like younger actors get like messed up. Mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin, although he's come back. Yeah, he actually looks he's a lot better. Around. He looks nice now. He doesn't look like the weirdo that he used to before. Did you see the Super Bowl commercial with him for the Home Alone one? Yes. I love that. When, who is it, Joe Pesci, is yep. it? Oh, when he goes, here's my line, and it's the same <laughs> line. And he was like, that was cute. I was like, that's so funny. I love him. Yeah, I he's thought hilarious. that was pretty good, too. Joe Pesci, like uh, my cousin Vinny, have you ever seen that movie? No. It's where he's a lawyer, and I think he has to bail out his cousins, and he's, like, fucking terrible. <laughs> but it's... it's uh, I always confuse him like Robert De Niro. They're both that a classic Italian person that... Go ahead. I got you, homie. This is my first rodeo, sadly. I got you. Needless to say, this is a pretty interesting podcast. I think Adam does a much better job at projecting his voice than most people do. I think uh, you guys can probably hear him pretty good. Um, it is currently 10.30, and your boy has class tomorrow, sadly. I have to pee also, but I'm going to tough it out. I have a lot of testosterone. Um, I found a friend here on campus uh, who does Muay Thai, and we sparred yesterday. Yes, that would have been Saturday. And I got bruises all down my arms and on my side, and I can hardly... Like, I wince a little bit every time I bend a certain way, but I'm very proud of myself. I thought that was very fun. We're going to be doing it Friday nights, and your boy is about to whoop some ass. But uh, I hope you're all listening at this point. Um, I don't know if I'm going to like give like times to where you can skip parts, because I feel like a lot of people... Not a lot. But people that haven't watched The Office probably can't appreciate it. But maybe I won't. I don't like editing things, and I don't like leaving out parts or tr- letting people skip certain things. It's all about understanding on this podcast and like learning about certain things. So I probably won't. In fact, definitely not going to do that. Um, but I'm probably going to upload the Saturday or Sunday. And I think... I want to have a lot more people on the podcast. I'm talking to my mentor, Andrew Cunningham. Very nice man. He's going to be on the podcast. I think it'll be pretty interesting. He is 
I don't want to say he's different, but he's an individual, and he's not like eccentric or anything, but he's a very good guy, very nice man. He relates to me. I relate to him. He's going to be on the podcast. Uh, whenever I go home, I'm supposed to have a couple people on the podcast. There's a individual that is promoting his uh, music. I think we're going to do that. Uh, there's a, also a couple of my friends that want to be on the podcast, but we'll see how that works out. It just depends on what's going to be deemed good or not. Our man is back. Sorry about that. Did everything come out okay? Yeah, I really myself. I've been drinking a lot of water. Oh, I gotcha. Was it clear? Surprisingly. Well, that's Surprisingly clear. Diet Coke didn't get to you yet, my so friend. What are we on now? What are we on to? Um, we were just talking about the podcast and uh, where I'm going with it. That's in, Yeah, where do you want to take this? Where do I want to take this? Yeah. Like, you know Joe Rogan, I'm sure. Oh, I love Joe Rogan. This is what it's about. Sometimes you just get on that Joe Rogan experience. You just turn that on and you just have a good old time. Yeah, you lose yourself in it. I know. There's some crazy ones out there, though. Mm. Like uh, Alex Jones when oh, he goes shit. on there. That is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> The government's putting stuff in the water. He's making the frogs gay. It's like, what does that even mean? He's fucking weird, man. Alex Jones is possibly the weirdest internet personality I've ever seen. You heard that? I don't think he. I don't think that's real. I don't think it is either. I think that's all a show. Because there's no way you can be like that 24/7. I think he's a farce, but he convinces other people oh, that he's yeah, real for sure. But uh, I think it's very like. Have you seen the Eric Andre show? I love Eric Andre. That dude is so like the difference between him and his like personality on his show isn't that different though. Like he does a lot weirder stuff on the show, but like his like just talking to people like off of the show, it's pretty similar. Yes. Some stuff he does though is hilarious. Like when he had somebody on and then halfway through it just like tilts the whole set up and then like sliding off of the thing. I'm like, what is going on? Or when George Clooney busts out of his desk when he has Wiz Khalifa on there, that's good. I love how abstract that man is. Oh, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't know where you'd come up with that stuff. It's all in his head, I'm sure. But it has to be. I love the fact that he doesn't care and he just does oh, what he wants. He does what he wants. He walks in like dojos or something. He's got like what is? He's like trying to fight the dude, but he's acting drunk and he throws up in the dojo. It's like, what's going on? Are you okay, Eric? <laughs> like people like him, I think Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's great. Like the idea of. Having full, total, independent control and not caring what other people do, as long as you can do your own thing, yeah. I have immense respect for that. I think it's hard to do in today's society, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people that are out there with the sole purpose of like, catching somebody doing something bad. Yes. And, like Being like, hey, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of policing. Yeah, I feel like that's a big problem. That's the thing about like today's society, I think. I think everyone wants everyone to be politically right. Yeah. Or so forth. And I think I th- we need to focus on bettering ourselves instead of bettering other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of having a noble cause. Like, yeah. I think everybody that does that thinks they're doing it for the right reason. But, like, cens- censorship, I don't think is cool at all. No. I feel like you should be able to say anything you want to say as long as you're willing to handle the consequence. As long as it's not, like, physically hurting or meant, or, like, not even mentally. As long as it's not disturbing the peace or something, I think you're fine. Like, unless you're, like, getting a bunch of people, like, block ways so people can't go through or, like, you're hurt, like, destroying something. I think whatever you can say, as long as you're willing to accept whatever comes with it, you should be able to say. I think that's what, like, ideas of America, freedom, like, independence, that's what it's about. Yeah, because the people who aren't and, like, are trying to stop, you're, like, you're not even getting a sense of their full personality. Because if they can't say what they really want to say, then you don't really know who they are. Because mm-hmm. they they have to put on sort of, I'd say, even a fake personality so that they can be accepted by society. When it should be whatever they want to say, they can say. You cannot agree with it. And you'd be like, hey, you shouldn't say that. But I don't think you can go out there and say, you literally can't say this anymore. Yeah, I think that's bad. 
Yeah, like even if what you say is against the norm, I think you should still be able to say it. But like you said, you have to accept the consequences. Yeah. Like if you're willing to take some flack for what you believe in, then Go do ahead. it. It might be the next big thing. You might change everything for the better, but you're gonna have to take some flack for it. Not everybody liked Martin Luther King. That's true. Yeah. Not everybody did. Not, not everybody. But now liked look Gandhi. where we are. We're yeah. A lot better than we were back then. Exactly. A lot better. That's crazy. Because mm-hmm. when was that? That was like 40, 50 years ago. Fifty. So that's how much it took. It took half a century. Somebody had to say something very, very controversial mm-hmm. and bold, and it took half a century for that to change. So if you are ever thinking about saying something and you don't know if you should, you just say it. You never know what happened. There you go. Half a decade. That's all it takes. You had a lot of change going on. Yeah, that's within two. That's within one lifetime. Oh, by far. Yeah. What is it now? Like 80 is the median? I think so. Like but then you have people who are like 110. Mm-hmm. So you, could be, you could see two big changes in your life. You're lucky. Uh, question. Say you get old enough to be like 110. Like, would you be fine with like laying in a bed all the time or you no. want your plug pulled? I would. I think, and this is controversial as well, so let's Uh-oh. get a 50-year change going here. <laughs> I think you should be able to like... If you want to get, I don't even know what it's called, like euthanization. Yeah. It? If you want to euthanize yourself, you should be able to. Interesting. Because I'm a very active person, as you can tell, uh-huh. running. If I get to the point where I can't run anymore, I don't know if I want to be alive anymore. It's not even to that point. I wouldn't take it to that extreme. I'd say if I'm at the point where I can't move around on my own, uh-huh. I don't want to be alive anymore. The point where, and my parents have expressed the same thing, at least I'm pretty certain. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But if I'm to the point where other people have to care for me, I don't want to be alive. Really? I want to be able to take care of myself because if I feel like I'm a burden on other people, I think I'm just going to get depressed and my life's going to get worse. So the moment that I'm like, I think once, I think that should be something you should be able to control. I don't think everybody should have to wait for death to come to them surprisingly. I think if you're at the point where you're like, I've done everything I can do and I think that my time is up, then you should be able to make that decision. I think nobody should be able to scrutinize you for it. I think you should be able to go peacefully instead of having to like jump off a bridge or something. Uh You should be able to go out nice nice and easy. That is interesting. That is. I mean, I've seen dogs get euthanized. I mean, you have to do it, and it's for the better. So why can't we do it if it's for the better? Mm-hmm. If the dog gets really sick. You don't want to be in pain. That's. I think I saw somewhere that somebody with cancer like wanted to euthanize themselves because they didn't want the disease to win. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting, but like, we wouldn't. You can't do it. Yeah. Because it's not allowed, which is kind of dumb. I don't see how people like PETA. Although, I think they're the dumbest country, company ever in the world because they kill, like, 80% of their dogs they keep mm-hmm. just because they don't want them on the streets. But, you know, they say animals and humans should be treated the same way. And we think that we should give the same rights that we have to animals mm-hmm. to make us equal. But we got to give some of the rights the animals have to us. And, like, I think euthanization is one way that you could do that. That's my opinion. Because I think, honestly, there are people... I. I'm for certain there are people out there that either, A, if you get a life-threatening disease, I think you'd want to do it because you don't want the disease to win. Yeah. Because, I mean, even with cancer, although people are okay for a while, I think when you get in the later stages, it's just like really bad. Like, you're sick all the time. You're bedridden. And I'm not saying that this is everybody, but if you want to do it, I think you should be able to. Or then again, if you just feel like you're a burden on people, and if I'm, honestly, if I'm spending the rest of my life in a bed, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just go out. Interesting. Go out on top. Like I said, the retirement. Okay. You're on top. So, I think that's a reasonable thing to say. I think the line might get a little blurry whenever you try yeah. to figure out, like, what's deemed a livable life. I think that's why it shouldn't be... 
I don't think it should be once we the government deems you're unlivable, you get euthanized. I think it should be the the person should decide. Yeah. I don't think anybody else has the right to decide when somebody does that because that's a big decision. Yeah. To end your own life, that'd be a big decision. Mm-hmm. But you do it peacefully. That's a thing. So I think that's important. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to, like, just be like constant. Like that's the thing. Like death is so weird. It's like what's next? No one knows. Yeah. That's so weird. And it's like, do you want it to come on as a surprise, or do you want to know it's coming? Would like, you rather you, know? Would you rather not know and it hurt, or would you rather know and it didn't hurt? I think I'd rather, to be honest, I think I'd rather like, not question, know and have it hurt. Not know and have it hurt? This is the question I've asked a couple people, and everyone's different. Would you rather know the day you're going to die, or know how you're going to die? Hmm. That's the day or how. I would. I know my answer. I want to hear your answer. I don't want to ruin your Man. choice. Would I rather know the day that I die or how I would die? Yeah. I think I'd rather know. Like if I knew the day. You would know the exact day that you were gonna die, or you would know the exact way you're gonna die. So like, if you knew the exact day, let's just randomly like, uh, March twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty eighty seven. Okay. But if you want to know how, just car crash. Interesting. I think I'd rather... I don't think I'd like to know how. And I don't think I'd like to know when. Because if I knew when, then I feel like I would not take as many risks. Because if I knew how, that's one thing. But if I knew when, then I feel like my life would become too calculated on when I would die. So you want to know how? I'd much rather be... I'd want to know when. Why would you like to know when? Because if I knew when, I would know... And this goes back to time. I would know the exact time that I have on this earth. Uh So I would know that if I want to get something done, I have this long to do it. So I better start now. And if you knew how, every time you go around something like that, you'd be so fucking scared. Because if you knew when, I could go skydiving tomorrow. But if I knew I'd die in 50 years, no worry. Yeah, I'm going to be scared about jumping, but in the end, I know I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be able to walk away from it. If I knew how was going to be a car crash, I would never get in a car again. And then one day, I'd be walking down the street, and a car would hit me. Yeah. Like, I I respect that answer, but the whole reason why I wouldn't, I think it's because if I knew how I would die, say it was a car crash, yeah. but I didn't know when, if I could conquer that fear of cars or whatever it would be, like, the idea of knowing when you would, I feel like my life, I wouldn't take as many risks. I feel like I'd take more. Really? Because if, I know that, I see where you're coming from. Like, if you knew how, you wouldn't want to take risks. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if I knew when, I'd be like, I've got to take all the risks. Especially when you get closer to it. I feel like I'd be taking risks every day. Yeah. I'd be feeling feisty. Feeling it. I'd just be like, oh my, I got five days left to start smoking cigs. Pack a day. Get them down. I'd just be like throwing everything out the window. But if you knew how, I don't know. I just think that if I knew when, I would be much more open to risk. Because that's the thing, like, with homework. You know the deadline. Mm -hmm. You know that I have this long to get it done, so you work on it in chunks. If you knew the deadline of your life, then you know how to, if you want to get something done, you work on it in chunks. Yeah. And you take risks. The whole reason, okay, I think the best way for me to describe it is if I knew how, or if I knew when, I wouldn't have as much spontaneity if I knew how. I can see that. That's what I like. Because if you were like, if it was a car crash, I mean, that could happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't want to be spontaneous. You'd be like, I don't think a car crash can happen in my dorm. So you'd stay in your dorm all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Nope. It's a hard question to figure out. I strongly agree. That was I don't a think tough there's one. a clear answer. Yeah, that's... 
it's an interesting one. I will say that. I got an, I've got some interesting questions up here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to think of another one for you. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> this is pretty interesting. I've never had a podcast go this way, but I like it. I, I can tell that you are an interesting man and you have interesting thoughts. So. I do. Not, not enough people pick my brain, though. I've noticed that because I would have never figured some of this stuff. No. I don't even know. My, no, my parents probably know all this. I probably said it to them once or twice. The whole reason I knew you liked The Office was because that was like one of our first conversations yeah, that we had. probably. That's a good opener. Yeah. you like The Office? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I know something else. We were going to that uh, food bank community service oh, thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> right in the back of the van. You mean Alex? <laughs> yep. The dirty, the dirty trio, I guess. Mm-hmm. Dirty boys. It was, that was an interesting day. That was interesting. I still don't like how they made us do community service because it goes back to like, is it really community service if, if you're, you're forced. forced to do it? Mm-hmm. That's what I don't like. I think it was better that we got to choose when we wanted to do it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was still good. Yeah. I mean, giving back to the community is something that if you want to do it, you could, but I don't. I just don't like community service. I don't know why. I mean, I'm, I'm probably supposed to seem like an asshole, but I just don't like giving back to people. <laughs> I guess. I guess you could put it that way. But I just don't like being forced to do it. Yeah. You know? Volunteerism is volunteering. Volunteering is volunteering, but if you force somebody to do it, it's not volunteering, it's work. Uh-huh. So, so I had to do... Did you have to do uh, community service when you had came to Kickstart? Yeah. yeah. Kicks, I remember it was orientation. I don't think I had to do a Kickstart. Yeah, orientation. Well, here's the thing. I was in Europe during the Kickstart, so my ori- I had to do the late orientation. Was the orientation one in the summer? The Kickstart was one in the summer. Kickstart was one in the summer? So I had to do my Kickstart the two days before oh, orientation. Oh, you were so the very last one. orientation school. Fuck. It was bad. I was with all the foreign exchange students, so I made a lot of good friends from that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That still sounds like it fucking sucks to go yeah, from boom, bad. boom, boom. It was bad. But I was still on campus for like eight days before because of athletics. So I still knew everything. I was good with where everything was. Okay. Time. That was pretty good. Yeah. It's like... I think it's interesting. I don't know if every other college does that. I can't imagine other colleges can afford to do that. Like liberal arts colleges, maybe. Well, that's the thing. We get a lot of money from Champagne, don't we? Yeah, the U of I system. Or, but yeah, yeah, but most of it goes to Champagne. Strongly. Or right. Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not here. Yeah. Gosh. I get tired of that every once in a while. It does suck sometimes, but at the same time, it's, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the you might not have a problem with this, how? but one of the things I don't like is how... I don't know if they're still doing this, but it is for a while. When they open the union up to be open on more days, uh, they open the union to be earlier on Saturday and Sunday because the athletes were complaining because we get up on, on Saturday and Sunday go to practice yeah. and the union isn't open. Because it opens at 7.30, which is usually when our practice is done, so we can go to breakfast after. But on the weekends, it's open like 11. Yeah. We wanted to get open earlier. It did, but they charged you an upcharge if you got there during that early period. So you were getting charged extra on meals. Are you it was serious? Bad. Yeah, I stopped going because I was like, "This is ridiculous." Which meal plan do you have? I have. I think, I think it was like the sixteen hundred dollar one. So the gold. Yeah. Did you run out last semester? No, I had like two hundred bucks left. Got close. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, yeah. Every day. Some snacks in between. Your boy eats pop tarts for breakfast whenever he's not feeling it. I was. I wish I could have some pop tarts for breakfast every day. But no, I get uh, this man named Charles. Charles, I know Charles. Charles, you know Charles. He calls me over easies. And Larry, they work the breakfast shift. They love the cross country team. Every time we come in, it's what's up, fellas, every day. And he makes the meanest meat scrambler and biscuits and gravy you'll ever taste. Yeah. 
they're pretty good. Every day you get a meat scrambler with cheese on the top and some biscuits and gravy on the side. And then you know Carol? Yep, I know she Carol. She bakes. I love her scones. They're some good scones. Yeah, that's yeah. my breakfast. It's a big breakfast. It's about a $12 breakfast. Yeah. And then I get Starbucks. So that's another 5 bucks. What do you get at Starbucks? Uh, I get So the way the way our cross-country team does it is we go to practice. Uh-huh. And then we come to the union and we get our food. We go to this place called L.A., which is a conference room upstairs. We turn all the lights off. We close the blinds. And we watch Discovery Channel every morning for breakfast. So we'll bring our food up, and then once we're done eating some food, we go get our coffees from Starbucks. Usually I get a Frappuccino, but then we go and watch Discovery Channel. So I waste a lot of money on breakfast in the morning. I, I eat it all, but, I mean, after, if you just did an eight, nine-mile run, you're tired. You eat. And then once you're done eating, honestly, the more I eat, the less tired I am. So I usually like to eat more so I don't have to take a nap later. Uh-huh. But then I get, I got to eat a big lunch. So I just ate a big breakfast, not a big lunch. You know, I'm spending, that's. 25 bucks on food and then i saw a dinner to get through and then snacks and i think they said like the thing was the gold was like 16 dollars a day on meals and i spend 25 on breakfast and lunch alone whoa so i blow through that meal plan i know a baseball player who had the platinum which is the biggest one he's out of money two months left in the semester that dude ate like six meals a day he was always hungry and he's a big he's a big kid he lifts he's got some muscle on him but i mean he ran out of money so quick yeah. And you got to put more money in. So I think we should do swipes. I think you should pay more money, but you get more swipes a day. So you swipe once for breakfast, swipe once for lunch, and then once for dinner. And then if you get – that should be, like, the bare minimum or maybe, like, the second tier. And then, like, another tier could have, like, one or two more for snacks in between. I think that would be better. That sounds like an interesting concept. I think it would be better than money because if you eat a lot, it basically penalizes you to eat more. But if you're hungry – you would need to eat. Yeah. I mean, you can't not eat if you're starving. Especially whenever you're an athlete like yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I'm always hungry. I have so many snacks under my bed. I just bought a 18-pack of shamrock cookies. I've been munching on those past couple days. Fair enough. That's They're good. good. Yeah. They're good. Walmart sugar cookies. <laughs> can't go wrong. There you go. I also started eating, uh, what's your thought on sushi? You like sushi? I, I do not. I've tried you it. You don't. Like, I, uh, it's just not my bag. I, there's this place, you might have been to it. You, have you been to downtown St. Louis a lot? Uh, every once in a while. It's place called Sushi AI. Okay, I have not. It is like, so you order it on a, it's a $20. You order on a card, a uh-huh. paper card. It's like all their stuff and you put like one or two next to it for what you want. You give it to them. And then they'll make it like a little bit away so you can see them make it. And then they'll bring it back. But when they bring it back, they bring you another list and you fill it out. And you eat as much as you can. But anything left on your plate, any sushi roll, is $1. So if you get an eight-piece roll and you only eat one, you pay the 20 bucks for the meal and seven because you left seven rolls. So you have to finish what you eat, but you can get as much as you want. It's ridiculous. That's kind of wild. It's so good. There's a place here called, it's called Hunan. Okay, yep. They do the same thing. Theirs are a lot bigger, though, but a lot less rolls. So instead of like eight, you can get six, but they're big. Like uh-huh. Two times bigger than the ones in St. Louis. I got you. It's good. Sushi's good. I like it. It's dangerous, though. I ate a lot one time. I had like 50 rolls and I got mercury poisoning. Oh, shit. It was bad because it's raw. Yeah. I like the raw sushi. A lot of people like cooked, but I, I go raw. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, so do you spend a lot of time in St. Louis whenever you're home? I'm probably going to start doing it more. I like the city, but I only like it at night. Like when you drive over the bridge into St. Louis and everything's all lit up, I think it looks so beautiful. Yeah, I don't like it. I did my, uh, remember the beauty project? Uh-huh. I did mine on the St. Louis skyline. Oh, are you serious? I did mine on Simplicity, and I did an outline of the St. Louis skyline, hand-drawn, and that was my project. Really? Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Did you get a good grade on it? I think so. I didn't look. 
I got you. I did this for my beauty project. You did the podcast? Yeah. I like that. I was thinking I might as well do some self-promotion, too. Uh, I think I did. I think I, I think I got good grades on all my stuff last semester. Oh How did you do last semester? I did okay. I didn't know that an A minus was not the same as an A. So I know that kind of hit me. Uh, yeah. How did you get GPA wise? Three point nine four. Nine four. Oh yeah. One up in me. I got three point eight. Now I got you. But that uh, makes me feel better. My uh, college community community college credits like averaged in. My total is three point seven. You went to community college. I went to like. I took dual credits. Yeah, same. And so, are you technically a sophomore now? No, I'm nowhere near. Uh, actually, are you serious? I have like 35 credits. God damn! Does that mean you're gonna graduate early? I don't know. Honestly, I don't. Because my freshman year in high school, I took a English oral class that was offered through SWIC. Uh-huh. I'm sure you know what that is. Yes. And uh, for those who don't, it's Southwestern Illinois College. Yep. Uh, and that transferred. That was like two or three credits, I think. And then sophomore year, I didn't really do anything. But then junior year, I had an English class and a history class. And then senior year, I had two English classes and a history class that transferred. Wow. That's impressive. Your boy took psychology, Spanish, and... taking psychology. How was psychology? What is psychology, honestly? Like... Because I don't know. I want to learn about that. It's just more or less the study of the human mind and why we think okay. things the way we think them. Talks about, like, uh, why we do certain things. Uh, like Pavlov's dog is like an experiment about how if you do a certain stimulus, you'll get a certain reaction. Like an example is you get hit in a intersection, and as soon as you go through that intersection afterwards, you get like nervous. Yeah. It's like Pavlov's dogs was every time they ring the bell, they'd get food, and after a while, they just ring the bell, and the dogs' tongues start salivating because like they really? triggered something. And I triggered a certain stimulus, and they got a certain reaction. That's weird. And there's, like, diff- different perceptions of self, stuff like that. Like, since psychology, I w- it is a science, but it does connect in a lot of liberal arts because liberal arts is the idea of studying other things. I think that's why Sharon Graff, our how-do-I-know professor, also does sociology because it connects a lot with other liberal arts. Okay. But uh, it's a lot more... It's... It's about as abstract as science can get, if you ask me. And I think it's because the brain is so it's something that we don't understand enough yet. I don't think we, do you find it weird that this is going to be interesting, but kind of off topic? Do you find it weird that the brain named itself? Kind of. I saw that and I was like, wow, that does, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, I don't know why I thought that was so crazy. Like, it's such, sometimes the most simplest things that someone could say just like are so weird. Yeah. Do you? Here's another thing. Do you realize that like? Everyone that died before, like, the 1700s didn't know what a dinosaur was. Yeah, that is kind of funny. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's stuff so common. It's like, what do you think is going to happen that we won't know about? That's crazy. Yeah, that is pretty strange. Cause I think everybody sees uh, the world as just what happens in their lifetime, but, like, we don't understand that there's stuff after, before. Like, stuff's going to happen once you're gone, but... You won't know about it. I'd imagine the next thing is probably going to be something like aliens. Yeah, I'd think so. No. I think they're going to come. You believe yeah. in extraterrestrials? Yeah. I mean, it's impossible not to. Mm-hmm. I saw a quote one time that was like, I don't want to butcher it, so hold on, let me think of it. It was like, there are two possibilities that exist. Either we are the only thing out there, or we're not, and both are equally disturbing. I find it really idiotic for us as a species to think that we're the only thing in the universe. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. But I also think that it's idiotic to think any other species that comes here is coming here peacefully. 
Because if you're going to make the trip to come all the way here just to make friends, that's just stupid. If they're coming here, they're coming to conquer us. You think so? Christopher Columbus didn't go to North America to make friends. He came there to conquer the land for Spain, and then he wiped out a whole entire group of indigenous peoples. It's going to be the same thing. You think that's just because of yeah. human disposition? You think aliens will have the same disposition? I think so. I, I think there's something built in every living being to take more for itself. And I'm surprised at this point that, like, we have countries that are so defined. Because, like, yeah, we have war, but I'm surprised it's not like World War II when Hitler was trying to take every single thing in, like, Europe. Like, he was just taking countries. I'm surprised we're not doing more of that now. I'm surprised we have, like, very set borders that we all kind of obey. So, like, I think it's human nature to take. That is interesting. So, have you taken any philosophy or history classes? No, but I like history a lot. But you know who Thomas Hobbes is? No. Well, there's two. Like, I have a political philosophies class, and I always studied philosophy a little bit on my own. There's like two main veins of thought. Uh, John Locke, who believes that humans are uh, decent human beings, they don't really have anything inherently wrong with them. And Thomas Hobbes, who thinks people are inherently more taking individuals that are only defined by laws that they create for themselves and a state figure that stops them from doing things. Locke is more of a free-thinking people will be kind, take to their own, do their own thing. As long as they're not provoked, nothing really bad happens. I think, I don't know what your politics are in general, but that is an interesting outlook. I think that goes with... You're more of a practical person. I think your ideas are starting to mold. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're all coming together. Yeah, I strongly agree. I also think that, and this goes back to the alien thing, I think if any single person on this planet thinks that we can stand against them if they ever come, they're stupid. You think so? If they've mastered interplanetary travel, we're done. Yeah. Like, there's nothing we can do. R.I.P. in peace. Pretty much. Whoever get, If we get to them first, they get to us first. Whoever gets to the other person first wins. Interesting. Because it's not like... It's the same... Well, then again, I don't know, because what, what was the thing that... Like, the thing that lost England, the Revolutionary War, is because they couldn't get people here fast enough. It's because they had to send them across the whole ocean. And it would take... Back then, it was, what, like, nine months or something? Uh-huh. Ridiculous to get across the ocean? So they couldn't supply their people enough. So I don't know if that would play into effect if it ever happened, but whoever has the better technology is going to win, and it's whoever got here first or got there first. So, I don't know. Hopefully we don't have to worry about that in our lifetime, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure someone will eventually have to worry about that. I'd love to push that off on the next couple of people, if you ask me. No, yeah. I don't want to deal with that. Another thing is weird. I think black holes are crazy. <laughs> I know. I was out of nowhere. But we were on the subject of space. I think that's crazy, though. You, you are passionate about a lot of things, my friend. I know. Why, why do you think black holes are crazy? Because what is it? There's nothing in it. What happens if you go in it? We'll never know. Because if you go in it, you're done. You can't send anything into it. And I think that somewhere there's just a fucking black hole that's like trillions of times bigger than our planet just moving around and sucking stuff in. That's crazy. Where does it go? I don't know. You're asking the wrong dude. I know. I don't think anybody knows. No one knows. Do you think we'll ever find out? Wow. That'd be crazy if we did, though. Like, have you seen uh, uh, Interstellar? Is that the movie? Maybe. The end of it, Matthew McConaughey gets sucked into a black hole. Yikes. And it's like the sixth dimension or something like that. And he could, like, he goes back in time. Through the black hole, he goes back in time. And he, like, manipulates sand falling to put Morse code on a bookshelf to help his daughter figure out how to travel through space. 
Like, that's the whole thing. Spoiler alert, by the way. But that's an old movie. Yeah. I can say whatever I want about that movie. But it was a good movie. But, like, it's just like, what if that is what happens? Because, like, the whole movie, there's, like, they're getting amazed that on their bookshelf, the sand is, like, falling in perfect areas. And, like, they'd write it down and they figure out it's Morse code. And then later in the movie, you're, you're like, it's never answered who it is. But then at the end, you find out it's Matthew McConaughey because he got sucked into a black hole. So he went, like, back in time and, like, changed it all. It was weird. But it's just like, what is in a black hole? That's crazy. It's crazy when you can ask a question about something that people have known about, like a black hole, but you don't know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, are we the only ones out there? That's, that's an easy question to ask, but it's a much harder answer to find. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the real meat and bones of philosophy, I guess. Do you feel that way about religion, you think? I don't know. Religion's a whole different thing. If someone, if something happened that, like, could easily prove that, like, one religion was real, I'd probably start believing in that. I'd probably go to church or something, I guess. But, like, I just can't see one thing that pinpoints that it happened. Is your family religious? No. I was baptized, but we don't go to church. How are you baptized? Catholic, I think. So you're baptized at birth? Yeah. I gotcha. So your parents are not religious anymore? They're not religious. Were they? Their family was. My mom's, I think my mom's family made her go to church. Maybe my dad's. I don't remember. Uh, they don't go anymore. Interesting. I don't think any of our family goes anymore. Some of them might. I think my dad's family might. I don't know. It's just I don't believe, I'm more into science than I am religion. Like, I can't believe that some dude just came down and was like our savior and then he just disappeared forever. Like, I just can't. I don't believe the Bible at all. Yeah. That's the crazy stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Right. No, it's okay. I know okay. you're a religious man. No, you're okay. It's just like, there's so much stuff out there. You think there's, like, too much suspension of disbelief in religion? I think there's just... I just think... Okay, I don't understand how all this amazing stuff happened long ago, but the evidence for it from real-world, like, exploration is so little, or it's, like, just not conclusive enough, and, like, some of the stuff that happened back then just doesn't happen anymore. Like, some dude parted the Red Sea. Uh-huh. It's like, why is that not happening now? Why did it happen one time and that was it? One done. It's yeah. the whole thing. I feel like with all the people that don't believe in religion i feel like god or jesus would give out a sign to prove to all the non-believers like hey this is real you should probably start believing but since they haven't it's just like well is it real then like what's going on so weird that's the thing with other religions too it's like how can we have so many different religions about how people think we were created and like how the world persists but none of them can be proven or strictly defined like if there was a set one that everyone believed like this is definitely what happened or this is what we believe happened i think it'd be easier to believe but because there's like hundreds of religions everywhere and like christianity is the biggest one it's like boot or what is it it's like muslims or something i like can that. google it so it's not uh, christianity for sure i know that what is the largest but it's just like it's hard to believe that so many people believes in something different but they all believe that theirs is the right thing to believe in 2012 adherence to religion christianity makes up 33 percent or what uh, list of reli- this is on Wikipedia. Oh. So, again, take that with a grain of salt. Yes, I believe I believe Wikipedia a lot, though. Yeah, it says thirty-three percent of people alive in twenty twelve are with Christianity, and then goes to Islam. That's twenty-four percent. Then unaffiliated is sixteen percent. Hinduism is sixteen percent. Buddhism, 7%, and folk religion, so I'm assuming that's tribal religions, is 5.9%. I was wrong. Christianity is the biggest. But uh, 
I can understand why they're skeptical about a few things. Yeah. Like, the biggest thing that I think what you said earlier kind of feeds back to why you're going to disagree with me, and that's fine. You said something about how you don't think things happen for a reason. I think one of the bigger reasons why I think things do happen for a reason is it's hard for me to believe that everything on this planet, the way we're able to live the way we do, all happened by chance, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can understand that. I think from, I can see where you're coming from. Like, so much stuff happens. There's no reason it was just random. Uh-huh. But then again, I go back to where, like, it's not predetermined, but what you do in the past determines what you do in the future. So it's based on that, but it's not based on everything set for you. Because there was something like... Uh, what was it? It was like... Wasn't there that thing, like, we don't use 100% of our brains or something like that? And it was like, if you could use 100%, you'd know everything that would happen to you in the future, but then they disproved it, like... That's false. Mm-hmm. There's just stuff like that. Like, I don't know if you could know everything that happens to you because I don't think it's set. I think it depends on what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I. Th- that makes sense. I think science and religion are usually taken as, like, polar opposites. Yeah. And I can see why, I think. But... I think a lot of people use religion to fill in the gaps where science hasn't gone yeah, yet. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest that. problem. That's why they do that. Uh, just like going back to what I was saying, like I don't believe it. One of the big things is like Noah's Ark, right? Mm-hmm. If there was a flood that big, we'd see like proof, but there is none, or like there isn't definitive that it happened. Like a flood that big that lasted that long and just like covered the whole Earth would have signs, but like they haven't been able to find them. And it's just stuff like that. It's, like, kind of out there. It's also, like, you know, when someone gets hurt or injured or, like, someone's dying, they're like, oh, we need to pray for them. But then I don't see how if you were praying for somebody that someone, like, a higher power wouldn't come down and save them. Because I don't believe that if I created a whole race of people and I saw they were suffering, I'd do whatever it was to stop that. I wouldn't let it persist. Like, if a kid's, like, in agony, is dying from a disease, I'd step in and help. But, and then people just pray for them and it doesn't change, you know. Obviously, they don't make it, but it's like, I couldn't see someone creating a whole race, but not like stepping in to help them in some way or form, even when people pray to you on a daily basis. I can understand why you say that, but I think a lot of what faith is and the idea of religion is being tested. Yeah, I think so. I think that's where a lot of people come from. Yes. That's my stomach, by the way. That was a loud one. The thing is with testing, though, it's like, even if your faith is tested... There would still be a way to show that it was, like, you're doing the good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, some people say, oh, I was really tested, like, I stopped believing, but then God came down and showed me that I was on the right path. But it's uh-huh. like, no one else can really vouch for you. Like, I can say the Kool-Aid man jumped through the wall and said, oh, yeah, but, like, oh, yeah. I was in a room by myself, so I'm the only one who saw it, so I know it's true. And it's like, it's stuff like that. Like, I think if a world event happened where we could definitively say, yeah, that was a higher power, then I'd be more susceptible to believe. I will say it's kind of like if a tree falls in the forest, doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think that's what that was kind of similar to. But um, I can see where you're coming from, and I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, From what it sounds like, I would say you're agnostic, though, because you said you don't know what happens. I think a lot of atheists take the firm belief that since nothing's proven, there's nothing up there. I don't believe that, and that's why I wouldn't say I'm an atheist. I'd say I think something is up there. Like I said, it's idiotically really we're the peak of everything. Yeah. Because there's a freaking lion who could maul me to death, but just because I figured out how to use my thumbs and put two plus two and I made a cage and put them in it, I'm not the best one. Uh-huh. Like, if you strip us down to bare bones, we're, like, slightly above house cat, 
I'd say. Yeah. I think everything is pretty much better than us in physical standards. I'd say we're definitely beneath the orangutan. Yeah, or we're like definitely that. low. Like, have you seen the freaking orangutan that was spearfishing? No. He's hanging out of a tree with a spear in one hand. He's so spearfishing. Like, we are dead. We are done. Have you ever seen a shaved orangutan? No. They're like a... F- it's fucking... Okay. Pull up a shaved orangutan, Shaved please. orangutan. That's crazy. I think it's interesting... Uh, how all of us are like... Do you believe in evolution? Can I see that? I believe... Yes, I do. You do? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how people couldn't believe in evolution. Because I think there's a lot of signs out there that can show that we evolved. Look how big that son of a bitch is. Holy cow. Is that shave? That's not even shaved. Like, shaved chimpanzee chimpanzees even worse. Like, it's like... Even more muscular than a gorilla, I think. Chimpanzee. Dude, gorillas are scary. Yes. When I was, I think, the, yeah. there have been very few moments in my life. Oh, my God. Yep, those things are big boys. This has got bigger muscles than a bodybuilder. Yep. <laughs> I think there's very few moments in my life where I've been afraid that I could die at this moment. But I think one of them was definitely when I was in the zoo when I was little. And our, we were at the, we were like making faces in the glass and making it the monkeys and the gorilla comes up and pounds on the glass i thought for sure it was gonna break and we were done i was like we're done this is it this is how i die if i were to ask it was gonna be gorilla i'm like holy cow harambe 2.0 is that what you're telling me it was the scare honestly that might have been because i was first grade so eight or nine yeah and at the time that was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. what about you scariest thing that's ever scariest happened. thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> i don't want to say i've lived a shelter life but i I can't really think of anything that's gotten me too hyped up. So besides that, uh, I zip line in Costa Rica. Okay. But the zip lining, it was a three-stage zip line. And the first one was over the jungle. And at the end, there was a break. You were fine. You didn't have to do anything. Uh-huh. But the second one was over the ocean. And it was oh, a shit. long way over the ocean. So the first one was like, I want to say 300 meters. Uh-huh. The second one was 800 meters. So it was long. And at the end, there wasn't a break. So you had to pull the break on your own. And you had to look at the guy. Because the guy on the... They launch you from one platform, you go to the other one. The guy on the other platform would do this when you're supposed to do the break. But I watched, and a lot of people got spun around when they were trying to go down. So they couldn't see the guy when he pulled the break. And one chick forgot her break. And when she went down, her legs went flying up. And she, she clutched. Like, she hit it. And it was just the end of the zip line. So when she hit it, her whole body flung up and hit it. She must have been bruised. She was fine, but she walked away. But when you're eight, the smallest pain... No, I wasn't eight. I was like 13. Still, small pain is like monumental. I was, so on that one, I think I was pretty scared. And also if you fall. Yeah. Because like, what are you trusting with your life? I'm trusting a, a clip you got from Gander Mountain five days ago. Like that's between me and these this 400... Not 400. 200 foot drop in the water with sharks and rocks. That's what I'm trusting. Yeah. I don't know if I can trust that. But I was fine. I made it. And then the third one was like 20, or not 20, 200 meters. I got you. There's shallow water. It was fine. I got you. Not a scary app. No. I think the ocean's pretty scary, too. There's one time when we went on a cruise, I want to say, out of Fort Lauderdale to Virgin Islands. And I don't know why, but when we got in the room, I think we were on like the eighth floor, maybe. So you know, we're pretty high up off the sea level, but looking over that, you're just like, oh, my if I jumped in it I don't know why I thought of that because I don't usually think about stuff like that but it was just like because it was we had oh I remember because it was like the week after somebody fell off a cruise ship and went missing and they never found her so I was like oh my god what if you fall off because when you're on a cruise ship you're like in the middle of the ocean that's crazy we talk about that in sea stories we're like you're in the middle of the ocean you look around there's nothing 
that's got to be the scariest thing you ever come in contact with ever. Because what the ocean makes up seventy percent of the Earth, At like least. the surface area. You would never find that. It's like the Malaysia airline flight. We lost an airplane in the ocean. Something that's on radar 24-7 has a box in it that sends off signals to help find it. Lost it in the ocean. The ocean's the scariest thing ever. That's probably the scariest part. That, and then in Costa Rica, when I went swimming with the dolphins, you had to go out pretty far. And it was like, it was all fenced in. So you, nothing else could come in and get you. But you were just sitting in the middle of... Like, I'm not even joking, like 200 meters away from huh? your family. And then these two shapes come under the water, and you're like, what the hell is about to happen? And then they put their noses on your feet, and they carry you around, and then they throw you down, and you splash. For that second when you're out there in nothingness, and there's just two shapes that come by you, you're scared. Like, that was that was out there. I was like, wow. Plus, they had the, the sea shark like area next to it. Or not sea shark, uh, manta rays, or electric rays, or something. But they were fenced in, so it was fine. That was pretty wild. They had a manatee there, too. Craziest thing ever. Mantis are weird. Yeah. Have you ever seen one? Uh, maybe. They're uh, weird. Stingray was what killed Steve Irwin, wasn't it? Rest in peace. That was crazy because it stung him right in the heart. Yikes. That had precision on it. Man. I Everything that that man does, and to think if he would have asked what how he was going to die with Stingray. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's just crazy. That just shows the show. I think, I think everybody thinks they're invincible. That's crazy. People think they're invincible? I think everybody thinks they're invincible. At some point or another, you're just like, I'm invincible, I'm never going to die. But then, like, you need to realize you definitely are yeah. not invincible. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think about that stuff. Stingrays are fucking weird. You look at manatee? Yes, I did. Those look like hippos. Yeah, they look like hippos. Hippos are weird, too. They kill a bunch of people every year. Uh I didn't know that until recently. I was like, what the hell? Those things are fucking gnarly. Dude, I saw one that was chasing some dude on the street, like on a video or a picture or something. He was chasing them. I was like, they're huge, and they don't even eat meat. They'll just kill you because they're hippos. Uh Have you seen them eat a watermelon? Uh-uh, they just, like, crush the thing? Oh, my God, it crushes it like it's nothing. Like, if that was your head or something, Yikes. gone. Mm-mm. So what do you want to do with this uh, podcast? What do I want to do with the podcast? Yeah, where do you want to go with it? Uh, how big do you want it to get? How big? That's a good question. All I know is I like the idea of talking to people, having a better understanding. Yeah. That's what I base the beauty project on. And the idea of making a world a better place through talking to people having some enjoyment, people that I even disagree with on certain things, still being able to talk to them, make them laugh, make them happy. They do the same thing for me. That's my bag. I think it's important that we talk to people that don't agree with what we think. Strongly agree. And so the idea of this is just to help make people happy. And if I can do this as a job, whether this thing gets so big or if I start working for a company or a television show or a radio station where people tune in to feel good i'd love to have that as my job so what makes you happy because i know that's pursuit of happiness podcast we haven't really talked about that not yet but what makes you happy um just making other people happy i think a lot of people like the idea of marketing themselves and i think that's that's good to have self-confidence i used to struggle with that a lot i used to be really shy people didn't know my name everybody struggles with self-confidence yeah i think that's a, a point of their life that's a human thing but uh I think it's very important to me is to talk to other people and make them happy because I don't think everybody has the capacity to relate to most people and talk to most people. Everybody can talk, but nobody can really understand each other. Listen. Yes. And I think 
I don't want to say I'm gifted by any means, but I think that's one of the things that I do, and that's one of the things I should continue to do. So what makes me happy is making other people happy. And that sounds, I don't know if it's altruistic, stupid, silly. That's the way I've always been. I've always put a lot of thoughts into how I'm perceived by others or how I perceive others and how I can interact with them. But, like, I've had, I don't want to say everybody in my show has been polar opposites, but so far I've been trying to interview people that I'm friends with that I know that are a little bit different, have different interests, and I try to relate to everybody, I try to talk to everybody, I try to understand everybody. That's a good way to go about it, I think. That's what I try to do. And so far, I think I'm doing a decent job. Obviously, I'm only 19 years old, but I'm putting my best foot forward, if that makes sense. That's good. But does that sound reasonable? That's very reasonable. Why, thank you. I think trying to make other people happy is something a lot of people should do, but I think they don't do it. I don't think enough people find joy in making other people happy. Yeah. I don't think it should be at the forefront of everybody's thing, but I definitely think it should be in the background at least. Because I think trying to fight each other over everything is not the right way to go about it. No, I, I agree. I'm going to be honest, Adam. You kind of led me into the overarching theme of the show, so we're going to go with it. All right. Guess how far we're into it before we start. Two hours. For two hours and 12 minutes. Is that the record? I, I think it is, actually. I'll take it. And so that being said, I might actually split this up into part one and part two, if oh, that's okay with that's you. that's fine with me. You'll be the first I do that with. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. But um, the thing is, I always ask every guest that I have, even if they've been on more than once, what makes you happy? I don't know. That's a good question. I was trying to think about it because I thought you would ask. Yes, I would. I don't know. That's such a hard topic. What makes me happy? I think friends make me happy. Friends? Yeah. I don't like being alone a lot. Mm-hmm. I think surrounding yourself with people that make you happy is probably the most important thing you can do in your, in your life, honestly. Because even if you're down, I think you can put it on other people to try and bring you back and like uh-huh. up, be uplifting. And I think that makes you more uplifting in a way. Like, you can learn from that in a way, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But, yeah, I definitely think surround yourself with, surrounding myself with people that make me happy is what makes me happy. Yeah. Like, I enjoy being around friends a lot. I'm always the one who's, like, who wants to go do something. Like, let's go right now. Let's go to Panda. Let's go get something at the mall. Let's go ride a train or something. I don't know. I gotcha. I don't think enough people do that. I don't think enough people are outgoing, in my opinion. I, I know a lot of people yeah. are. But I think definitely as I got older... I could definitely tell in my childhood I was a very outgoing person. Like, really? I would talk to anybody and everybody. Like, I'd talk pe- to people on the bus at Disney World that I didn't even know, and I'd start getting my phone number. My parents would have to stop me because I was doing a bad thing, apparently. But then as I got older, I think definitely in high school, I came a lot more quieter, and I didn't, I wasn't as outgoing, probably. I don't know why. Uh-huh. But then I think I've come back around. I definitely think I have. I think I've become more outgoing again. Yeah. I like to go and do stuff. I don't see why you should sit in your house. I mean, there's a whole big world out there. I think sitting inside and wasting time is not what you should be doing, if anything. I mean, there's definitely times for it, but I definitely think there's more time for going out, in my opinion. That makes sense. Going out a lot. Uh, like, for example, being near St. Louis, there's always something you can do. Yes. There's always a new restaurant to try. There's always some place to go, Forest Park, anywhere, skate. Yeah. I don't care, whatever you do, but I think you should definitely go out and broaden your horizons and expand your knowledge on anything. I think as a society, we all need to get smarter, definitely. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're definitely making a good uh, effort at it. I think going to college is a, definitely a way to go about it. I think just learning from other cultures is definitely a way to go about it. But you can't do that from inside. Really? You need to go out and experience it. I learned a lot from my trip to Europe. I didn't think I would learn. But they're just so different over there. Like, you have to appreciate all that stuff in the world. You can't just selectively decide what you're going to appreciate. You need to take it all in and you need to appreciate all of it. That's pretty reasonable. 
So do you think you're happy now? Yeah, I'm happy now. I think I've definitely been happy for a while. I think when I, I used to stay inside a lot, probably sophomore, junior, no, freshman, sophomore year in high school. And then I just decided I'm not going to do that anymore. And I changed the path I was on. I'm proud of it. I'm happy for it. That's pretty reasonable. Coming into college, I didn't know if I'd be able to make a lot of friends and like go out be outgoing but i definitely think i made a good group of friends if not a great group of friends and i think i made friends with a lot of people so that wherever i'm at whether it's at the union or uhb or pack or hsb or brokens wherever i'm at i can usually find somebody that i know and be like hey what's up i got good, you good to be around i guess it's nice to not be alone i think that's what everybody struggles with is being alone i think everybody has different ways of coping with it i think the best way to cope with it is find other people to be with i got you that's pretty reasonable and you're happy now. That's the main thing. Yeah. I think everybody should always try to be happy. Strongly agree. I don't know why you could settle for anything less. I, I guess some people just lose the idea of what's important. I guess. Or their ideas of importance are just different from ours. It's hard to, hard to understand. It's hard mm. to understand how people at work. I agree. All right. I'm going to, before we wrap this up, I'm going to check to make sure that this is the longest podcast because I'm pretty sure it is. If not, we'll sit here for another minute in silence (laughs) to beat the record. Um, Do you have anything else you'd like to say before we start wrapping this up? I just like to say thanks for having me on. Glad I could make it. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I'm glad it finally happened. Yep. This is definitely the longest one. And I'm sorry that it took me so long to get this puppy going. But uh, I will say I think this podcast has the best audio out of all of them because you actually, nothing against my other guests, but you project your voice a lot Thank you. Better. I try. Yes. I, I think can, it's pretty I impressive. I used to have a problem with being a little too loud, but I've worked on that. A little too loud? Yeah. Most people have a problem with mumbling. I, when I was, I'd say junior high, I used to yell a lot. Like if people were talking to me and my voice was trying, like getting muddled down, I'd start speaking louder so that I could make sure that people heard what I was saying. <laughs> There's a problem. My parents got really upset at me. Because at dinner, I'd just start yelling. I'd be like, I'm not trying to yell. And they're like, yeah, well, you are. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> well, so I tried to fix that. I hope I did. I, I think I have. Yeah, you're pretty reasonable. You talk at a very reasonable level. Thanks. I try. There you go. All right. Um, this is the 18th episode, I do believe. That's a lot. Yes. I, I'm, I think I'm going to try to do something special for the 20th, but I don't know what it's going to be. You better figure it out fast. Yeah, I, I'm running out of time, but it'll be okay. Um, first off, I'd like to thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Exactly. Uh, 18th episode. I'm going to upload this on Snapchat, Instagram, my Facebook, and the Twitter. I'm going to upload it, I believe, Saturday or Sunday. Do you have a preference on when? Saturday. Saturday? This Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Saturday morning? I can do Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday morning be good. I listen to it on my run. There you go. Sunday mornings or Saturday evenings, I feel like stuff, people are either asleep or doing something. Yeah. I did that last time, and I think that was detrimental to the episode. But I think Luigi's okay with that. But again, I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'm going to split this up into two parts. Both probably going to be about an hour long if I had to guess. But the main thing is, guys, please go out there, pursue your happiness. That's what you got to do. 18th episode, Pursuit of Happiness podcast, and I hope to see you guys next time. Thank you, Adam.